Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to yet another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Topic of the conversation today is about the RSS feed and why it should die. What do you mean the RSS feed needs to die, Evo? RSS 2.0 and the enclosure tag is what is the bedrock, the foundation of podcasting. The other old men in podcasting that might be watching are freaking out right now that I have said that the RSS feed needs to die. Well, it does. It served its purpose. I love it. I don't think it's really going to die, but I think we need to lose our dependence because I think it's inadequate for the way current content is produced. Let, let me explain. For those of you who have no idea what the hell an RSS feed is. It's simply a list of all of your available episodes and some metadata that goes with them, some microcopy, if you will, titles and descriptions and episode numbers and length and all that stuff. And so that is a little text file that you don't want to read as a human, but you could if you opened up an RSS feed for a show. All podcasts have an RSS feed or they're not a podcast today. But that RSS feed is then sent out, if you will, or directories are made aware by directories. I mean, places like Apple Podcasts for example, and Overcast and CastBox and all the other places. They're made aware of this RSS feed. You, the podcaster, or me, the podcast strategist, will submit your show's RSS feed to these directories. And then usually once a day, sometimes more often than that, but on a regular basis, the directories will check that very specific URL that is just that text feed and they're looking for something new. If they see a new file, usually at the top of the page, the top of the RSS feed, the new episode is available with its title and description, then the directory will update its directory with your latest, with the latest episode from that particular podcast. And if people are subscribed to a service powered by that directory, again, Apple Podcast, Overcast, doesn't matter. All these verses. When that directory updates, then the episodes will download typically automatically or make themselves available to the person who has subscribed to the show. So that's kind of the plumbing of how it works. And that's very, very techie and it's detailed. And I'm, and I'm sorry, but it's not that complicated. It's just a text file. And when it's updated, the places that check it will get there. But there's a limitation with the RSS feed. It, it puts us in a very narrow category, which we've existed in for almost 15 years now in podcasting, but it's changing now. And that is this, you can really only have one RSS feed for a show, for a podcast. And that RSS feed contains a link to every single episode that you release. And that's a problem. 
because that assumes that the only thing that's going out from your show is the regularly produced content. Now, our friends at Apple have tried to help with that. They now have a modification to where you can declare a certain episode a bonus episode. You can declare another type of episode a trailer episode or a full episode. But it's kind of a heavy-handed approach because what I would really rather do and what I see the future happening is where certain pieces of content will be developed for certain destinations, if you will. So maybe if I'm producing content on Amazon Alexa, I have to say it quietly or she'll go off on me. If I'm producing content for a smart speaker, for example, maybe I want that because the audience there likes short content. Maybe I want to make short content for them and I want to release that. If I do that now as a full episode, ugh, it's problematic because I can't really do it. I can't give an RSS feed just that content out there. Now, it's kind of a bad example because Amazon doesn't look at RSS feeds. They look at something else. But regardless of the idea, you get what I'm saying. I may want to put out certain content in certain areas and not just have a laundry list of everything. Web developers in the past know of this problem. Uh, every website should have, as you know, a site map. And the site map contains a link to every piece of information on the website. That's very helpful for updating, you know, uh, letting Google crawl to see what the content is, but it's not, it's not a chronological order, <laughs> which an RSS feed is today. So I get the need for some sort of a file that says, here's all of the content, but I don't think it needs to always be in that reverse chronological order. And I think there's a lot we can do with podcasting if we stop being a slave to the RSS feed. Here's the other challenge with the, with the RSS feed. Um, if your RSS feed ever changes, your single RSS feed, eh, you've got a lot of directories to update that are relying on that particular RSS feed, and that's problematic. If your file, if your show gets dumped from uh, Apple Podcasts, which is going to be happening a lot, Apple is in the process of combing through their entire catalog, watching for spammy prior practices, which I might have been guilty of. Not too bad. Gray hat type stuff, which is I know is never a good idea, but I did it anyhow. Once a show gets banned from Apple, you can't resubmit the show to Apple unless it has a brand new RSS feed. Chances are your hosting provider only lets you have one RSS feed. So if you change the URL, you have to go back to all of the places where you previously submitted your podcast and update them. I haven't even tried that yet. Is it possible? I don't know. I mean, I guess it is, but it's probably a crap ton of work. Again, a single RSS feed is the bottleneck for the show. So I think it's time for it to die or be extended drastically, or other options made available. And this is already happening, as I mentioned. Spotify's not ingesting RSS feeds. The smart speaker that's made by Amazon is not ingesting RSS feeds. And there are other places that don't ingest RSS feeds, and I think more of those will come out. Right now, they're relying on APIs with the hosting partner, which is also problematic. Google Podcasts still uses the RSS feed, but they also want to look at a web page to make sure they all match together. There's, there are changes afoot. There was recently, well, a few years ago, someone was proposing JSON files, J-S-O-N, JSON, 
and the replacement of RSS feeds, but they just did the same thing. They were just fatter RSS feeds. They didn't really do anything more. They didn't extended what we have today, but still it's a single file. I think we need multiple ways of communicating. No action item on your part right now, podcasters, because right now the world is RSS dominated. Slowly it's changing. But think about it. Think about your options of producing content when you could do something special that doesn't require an RSS feed to be updated, that doesn't necessarily mess up everything else that's in the flow. As you can tell, this is very much a pontification. I'm just thinking about this. I'm thinking about the future that is no longer dominated by the RSS 2.0 spec. Maybe we should hasten its demise. I don't know how we do that, but it's definitely an idea. What do you think? Is this right? Is this wrong? Have I totally missed the mark on this? Think about the future. I get today we can't do much, but think about the future. That's what I try to do all the time. I can't predict the future. I can only expand on the things we know in the present and look at trends. And I think the trend is the RSS feed is eventually going to die. And that's a good thing. If you want help understanding the future, future-proofing your show, and just getting your show launched professionally, I, I launch podcasts. Go to podcastlaunch.pro, email me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast pontifications. Until then, cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donations4abortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. 
and 5. Choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.